This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to episode 64. 64 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lex Town, Josh Hopkins. What up, Josh? What's happening, Rex Everett Chapman? How's Brooklyn? Brooklyn's good. Brooklyn's in the house. How's Austin? It's, it's nice. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's cooling down, feeling good. It's raining right now. Hey, do we have it's raining look here? Look at us. Look at us with our mirror images. Mirror images. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to do this and do that for the next one, too. Let's okay. set it up just like this for the next Perfect. one. Perfect. Um, who, uh, uh, 64s, we got anything? 64s. Uh, I, I, I know this because nobody looked it up. Uh, this is not something I would have researched, but you know, George Blanda, famous number 16. He wore 64 one year, which of course we researched. Wow, you, I can't believe you knew that. Yeah. Off the top well, of your head. Yeah, top of my top of my head. Right. He wore it for one year. I knew that. Well, that's that's about all we got. Richie Incognito is uh, but that he probably made the number not very popular. So yeah, uh, not incognito. Yeah. <laughs> um well, Josh, yeah, uh, book oh. club. Have you? Have, yeah, book club. Yeah, well, I, we gotta we gotta inform our listeners. Uh, it's uh, would you would you would you uh, read this week? Uh, we had the election and all that. I've right. just been consumed with information that I'm getting off the television. So oh. I read nothing. Oh, yeah, that's not very helpful. Nothing. What about you, Josh? I uh, I have a. Uh, road, I've decided not to do my road biking anymore and I have this bike to sell. So it's like, how am I supposed to mm. read when I've got to think about how I'm going to sell that? Right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's a, that's no, you could, you can't read and do that. No, that's been, book read anything. that's been book club. I know we're going to get to our guests because we really want to, yep. Yep. but I just have to say, first of all, the best player in the league right now is, is Luca. Okay. It is to me. He's he's established it. All those, th- but the guy who should be in the MVP discussion so far with stats like this is our boy Shea Gilgus Alexander. And I just want to yes. read you off the start of his season. Okay. Okay. Here's his here's his points. Um, he started 28, 33, 24, 38, 34, 37, 18, 33, 39. So uh, from what I gather in there, he didn't even give a shit in two games where he didn't get 30. Yeah, he mailed it in. I mean, yeah, what yeah. is that? All about yeah. 24 one night, 28 one night? Mm-hmm. Golly. Sub, I mean, sub that's bar. first that's first Golly. team NBA stats right there. Crazy. That is he's quickly becoming the most underrated player in the NBA. Is what that means. He's 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 uh, he's right up there with becoming the most unsung of Cal's Kentucky recruits to be the best pro, right? Yeah. That ratio. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of another guy. He came in, he was a backup to Quaddy Green as he a freshman. A, he was a four star. Four star. Amen. And 
you know, and then he becomes a lottery pick, and now he's one of the best players in the league. And his game is like nobody else's in the league. No, it's, it's he's just big, filthy. and he's gotten where he can shoot it now. So yeah, game that's over. Just not fair. Not fair. Game All over. right, Rex. All right, buddy. Let's get to uh, this guest. I'm so fired up, bud. And we're going to take a little departure, but only a little one. We normally talk about basketball stuff and I'm a sure role we'll get reversal. Into- Yes, right? yes, yes. We normally talk basketball, but we're going to get into some acting and a little, maybe a little politics. So let's welcome our guest, film, TV, and theater actor, Dollar Bill Stern on Billions, Trailblazers, and Rip City extraordinaire fan. We have Kelly Ray O'Coin. Kelly! Hey! Yeah, dollar, what? dollar bill, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. appreciate this. Thanks for doing this. This is this is amazing. Uh, we were just talking. You're in California right now. I'm in yeah. Brooklyn. Josh is in Texas. Oh, sweet. Uh, you're you're shooting something out there right now. Yeah, I'm um, uh, I'm shooting something called the Sterling Affairs, which is based on Ramona Shelburne's um, uh, 30 for 30 podcast about Donald Sterling and the Clippers uh, and that scandal. Yeah. From what, 10 years, eight years ago now. So um, and, and, I'm and a, you're, pl- you're playing. Ahead. You're playing Andy, Andy, correct? I'm, I'm playing Andy, Andy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know Andy. So um, from yeah, from years ago, you know, he he was heavy involved in that Clipper franchise from forever yep. ago. So yep. Yep. what an what a what a fun role. It was it was interesting. Uh, my wife and I were watching Winning Time, which I loved, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah. And um, I'd sort of forgotten this, but uh, she reminded me that I turned to her and I was like, I want to get my basketball show because I'm obsessed with the NBA. Um, and then two weeks later, I got this gig. So um, I, get, I mean, how the, about that? It's the That's one time I've, I've, I've manifested something by putting that to the universe. So <laughs> That's I got to be careful. That's that's power. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, you don't wield that carefully. I mean, yeah. we haven't even gotten into it, but Rex has already told me you're and you just said a huge basketball guy, huge yeah. NBA guy. And now this, I mean, this is perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I know it's, uh, and we're two weeks into shooting. Um, I'm already in awe of all the, uh, the acting talent. Uh, we've got Ed O'Neill and Lawrence oh, Fishburne and uh, Jackie Weaver. And it's just, I go to work and I'm just like, Hi, huh. <laughs> it's like, that's so cool. <laughs> asking. Uh, and, yeah. and it's, and it's cool of you to uh, wear your, Rex Chapman Halloween costume on. The show. <laughs> <laughs> that was well, nice. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, thank you. Thank right. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're, yeah. we're, we're a couple of handsome bald men. And um, that's right. I just uh, I, I figured we should uh, be mirror images, yeah, images Josh of is, each other. Josh is pretty enough for the both of us. Yeah. yeah. OK, so I want to I, I want to get in your uh, childhood, your upbringing, all that. But I want to defer to Josh here for a second. Uh, Kelly, I, I don't, I'm an actor as well. Yes. And, uh, we have, uh, we've worked with a lot of the same people. I looked at your filmography. We've had a very similar trajectory, a lot of people. And then I was like, wow, this will be fun. We've got a lot. And then I look and see, I want to tell you this for my father was our congressman in our district district in Kentucky as I grew up. What? And your father was your congressman growing up in the same impressionable ages, like your dad was 75 to 93. My dad was 79 to 93. They served together. What? How crazy is that? That is nuts. Yeah. So 
Wait, so between the two of you, like exteriorly, um, Rex and I are exactly the same. And it, in terms of life experience, it's you and me. Holy shit. What a meld, huh? That's crazy. Was he a, um, a Democrat or Republican? Why you got to ask that? No, he I was know a Republican, but okay. things were different. It but was there, yes, there was, a di- there was a time when Republicans were, were not insane. So right. uh, exactly. we're going to go with exactly. that. Yeah. Uh, what was that like for you? <clears throat> you know, that's... I. People always ask me that, and I always kind of say I didn't know better. But what was that like for you growing up? I think the question I also have just right on top of that is, you know, Josh definitely grew up playing every sport, wanting to be an athlete, you know, didn't want to follow in his father's footsteps. Was that the same for you? Um. I did play sport. I mean, I played basketball, um, but I'm I'm incredibly earthbound and, and pretty short. So I wasn't uh, it wasn't there was no future in it, but I played through high school. Um, and it, I think that there was. OK, this is going to come as a shock to you that there's a certain performative aspect to politics. Um, and I grew up watching my dad interact with people and um, and, and feel comfortable interacting with people. Um, and I grew up somewhat in the spotlight. You know, the kids are are are, are going to be in the spotlight necessarily anyway. Um, when when someone when your parent is running, so I think I I, I grew up being comfortable with that, and that uh, just somehow ended up leading into being curious about oh I'll I'll do the school play in second grade and then liking it wow. and um, I remember one time like in fourth grade. Um, doing a play called The Trial of Mother Goose, right? The, um, the chorus teacher wrote this play. It was a hard-hitting um, legal drama about uh, uh, old King Cole putting the denizens of fairyland on, uh, on trial for, uh, for defamation of character. <laughs> and I was old King Cole, and I remember doing something off script and the audience reacting um, to something I did, you know? And I was like, what, what is that? I want that. Mm. Um, and wow. I think I was hooked from that point on, but in terms of growing up with, uh, in, my dad in politics, uh, you know, it just became part of my DNA. Uh, we were campaigning all the time. We were going door to door. Um, I never saw, we were just joking about this before we started taping, but I, I never saw the difference between, I, I never saw why someone in the public eye couldn't also be political. Um, I get so many people, as I as I know you do, Rex. Uh, but I get so many people saying, "You fucking Hollywood <laughs> actors, stay in your lane," you know. And I'm like, this. I even tweeted something about it with a bunch of pictures from when I was two. I was like, "This is my fucking lane." How long have you been in this fucking lane? I grew up in this lane, you know. Wow. Um, so you come by that honestly because your dad uh, did it, you know. And I've I've asked Josh the same. Where did he? Where? his civic duty pride come in how did that happen kennedy he was inspired by kennedy um my mom was uh i i, I think it's safe to say my mom was politically active a little before my dad was she was page in the uh, oregon state legislature oh, wow. when she was growing up but um my dad went in the army and he was writing for stars and stripes so i know that that was a shaping experience for him being overseas um both of them talk about talking to germans about kennedy um and um my mom was actually in germany i think it was germany um but in europe when kennedy was killed and she was on a train with somebody a european person who uh 
was like, how, I don't understand how this transfer of power works, Kennedy. So you don't have a president. She's like, no, we do. The vice president. And she was explaining this, uh, you know, the, the civics of it. Um, but uh, I, I, they both worked for Gene McCarthy. Um, they, um, yeah, they just, they, they'd been active from the get-go. My dad ran for state legislature when he was 28 and won. He wow. was the first Democrat ever to win his district. And then when he won Congress, uh, his congressional seat four years later, he was the first Democrat to ever win that seat and the first district of Oregon. And that's never been Republican since, which is interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. And my, oh, well, okay. So, and then before that, my grandparents, my, my grandmother was the, um, uh, president of the League of Women Voters in Oregon, and my grandfather was uh, vice president of the Oregon Grange. So you know, it's, it's it it just goes back. Amazing. Uh, who do you who do you credit most with your uh, foundation of becoming an actor? Your mom was a singer. Your dad could work yeah. the crowd. Uh, you know. <laughs> how um, it was, it's a, it was a combination. It was, it was a combination. I, I, I loved seeing my mom sing and my grandfather played mandolin at the restaurant he, he built in the, on central Oregon. Um, and I, you know, it, it's, I, when you think about that, combination. Yeah. when you think about that, your, your dad playing mandolin, your mom playing, or my grandfather, oh, your grandfather, grandfather, grandfather yeah. Yeah. The, playing piano, my grandmother played the piano and yeah. I just think about her played by and your mom could, does too. Could, could, my mom does some too. And I just think about the growing up in that family. And every time she was playing, you know, whether it was at a bar, she did gigs all over town oh, cool. and, and, or at Thanksgiving, it was yeah. drinking and fun, you know, so I can only imagine how it was for you. Yeah. And we would drive. So we, from Portland to where my, the rest of my family lived in the mountain, sort of the uh, in uh, central Oregon. We'd drive over the mountain. It's a four-hour drive. We'd sing. This was pre-internet, you know. We didn't have uh, cars with screens in them, um, and we'd sing songs and <laughs> yeah. we'd tell stories. And so storytelling and and um, and music was always in my life uh, from an early age, and it just was something I found joy in and comfort in. And then when you're growing up, you know, it, it's Josh. I don't know if you had this experience, but like you're in junior high and high school and um, you find it when you really need a community as a kid and you find that community and, and it's, it's in theater kids and they're the type of people that generally will accept you no matter what you are. They're not looking, you know, you don't have to fit in. You're celebrated for being slightly outside of the norm. And that was something that I gravitated towards as well. I, uh, I uh, beat the uh, theater kids up. <laughs> that was you yeah it was yeah. him i still got the scars motherfucker <laughs> no you know i i played sports and i could never do both it was always a, ah. a conflict but i always just you know performed in front of the the school at all times like morning meeting i do a shtick and a thing yeah. and always wanted to do that um how did your parents react when you said i'm going to make this a profession I didn't tell them for a long time, a long time. I got the, I, I had the, the inkling I wanted to do it by freshman year, maybe even junior high, but by freshman year. If, it, um, if someone just cut in, they'd be like, oh, he came out. You know, this is <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome viewers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, 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 my dad says, I don't remember this, but my dad says that when I did tell him, 
um, he he kept a smile frozen on his face and he took like <laughs> inside and died a little bit uh, and took a big deep breath and was like, great, okay, great. Um, and he also talks about a play that he saw. It was, uh, I think, sophomore year, senior year of high school, where he saw me do a, a performance that was not like me. It was the first time I'd done something that actually required acting. Um, and when he saw that, he was like, okay, all right, he's working. He's he's working at this. He's serious about it. He's not just coasting by on, hey, look at me, I'm up on stage. And, and that helped him accept that this was going to be, at least for a while, I was going to be pursuing this path. And I could not have asked for more supportive parents. Uh, they, they really... You know, you need that <laughs> uh, because it's a it's a pretty scary field to go into in terms of uh, a, a safety net or not. The Rex Chapman Show is sponsored by Fliff. Fliff is a social sports book with a chance to win cash prizes. Fliff customers can purchase Fliff coins, and then as a bonus, Fliff awards free Fliff cash with their purchase. Fliff is the only sports book that gives you free coins and cash daily. Sign up for Fliff, the social sports book. What makes us different, you ask? Fliff is a free-to-play sportsbook that awards real cash and prizes. Use the code BBNEWS for a 100% match bonus. No sports betting in your state? Try Fliff. My mom, my grandma, they all played piano. My sister started taking piano lessons when uh, we had a piano in our house. I'd come home, she'd be doing the piano, playing the piano. I wanted to take piano lessons and I'd learned how to play a few things on my own. Uh, but I remember saying that like to my dad and my dad being like piano lessons. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I never crazy. did always wanted to. Right? Well, it was a very, very musical family. Like he could have, yeah. you know, he had it when he just picked it up by ear. Yeah, totally. It was just something it wasn't encouraged. Boys weren't encouraged to do that in the South in the 70s, I guess. You know, right. it was kind of, you know, I, I'm sure I could have put my foot down. I, right. I didn't know to. <laughs> so it was more of a thing, uh, sort of like a gender thing rather than. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember yeah. school plays. I Like I always wanted to be in the school play and stuff, but I didn't have the courage to do it because it wasn't like cool enough. Right. That's, inter- that's interesting. Yeah, about it's so. It's so dumb. Well, the interesting thing about music in the South, because there was so much great music in the South mm. coming out of the South in the 70s, too. Oh, yeah. So. Um, so you but you, your dad played high school hoops. You he played did. high school hoops. My dad was, was there, all state, by the way. Wow. Was there. So, OK. Was yeah. there a pressure on you to play high school hoops and be good in high school hoops? No. Um, again, he knew uh, we all knew it wasn't going to be uh, nothing beyond. Um, high school, maybe if I went to a very small college, which I did, and I still didn't make that team. Uh, <laughs> did you play uh, all four years of high school? I did. It was a small school, but it was DC. You know, DC is a, a good basketball town, but um, it was it was a small school. I'm I'm just under six feet tall, and I was playing uh, power forward, so that shows hey. you how smaller. <laughs> uh, but I was that, tenacious, man. That works in high school, yeah. man. I've seen it. I've we didn't it. he didn't pressure me to uh to play at all actually but we bonded over it early on when, before we moved to dc we were in forest grove oregon small town and um we had a hoop in the back and he taught me how to play and um i remember uh, god it must have been seventh grade the first time 
I beat him and he was like, I want you to know that's the first time I didn't let you win. And I was like, that was cool. You know? Yeah, and, that, that uh, is. That is. And Absolutely. so it was a, it was a way we bonded. He came to, I mean, it's crazy as, as a Congressman, he, um, he still made easily over 50% of my games. Uh, I don't know how he did it. Sometimes he'd come see a game and then he'd go back to work. Um, and there, we had such a connection that there were times when I was, I was the designated free throw shooter on the team and um, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Cause we worked at that. And whenever we would go work out um, and play ball, I'd shoot 50 to a hundred free throws at the end. He wouldn't let me go before, without doing that. So it was like our accomplishment when I was yeah. designated that. And there were times when I would, uh, I would miss something. I'd clank something and I'd see him up in the stands and he'd be like, you know, like he would do something like this. He'd signal what I was doing. It was off. And nine times out of 10, after seeing him make that gesture, I switched the next one, you know, and it was bend just your knees, bend your knees, bend the knees, yeah. go up on the toes, <laughs> get up like, on your toes. Just, yeah, you're, yeah. You're switching. No, come on. Bounce. Like we do, do your thing. Go through your routine. Um, and that's Isn't that amazing. And yeah. now when like you, you became so proficient at that, that you can look at LeBron and yeah. see when he shoots all arm right from the free yeah. throw line. You yeah. go to yourself, all yeah, arm. He didn't move his. Yeah, right. Just a yeah, little. Yeah, get up on your toes. Get up. Tim Duncan, same way. Like, yeah. oh, come on, man. Come on, Tim. <laughs> so, like, I such... got it. I could fix you. I could. Yeah. Fix you. <laughs> but it's also a, a great way to you know approach a script, or mm -hmm. you know the the you learned repetition. Yep. You learned building from the base up back, you know, like that's, that's a, uh, you, we always talk about how you take sports into life and how it can really affect and change your life yeah. for the good. So that's an exact example. Yeah. They're transferable skills. Um, being methodic, uh, methodical about, uh, about how you approach something, even if it's a completely different character. It's like, what, what are the types of questions you ask in what order? Um, what type of physical, is there a physicality maybe, is there something in this, uh, what are the other people saying about your character? Um, and yeah, you're right. It's a, uh, it's a very similar thing. And it's got to teach you a lot. I would think about, uh, being, being on a team, being on yes. a team, you step on stage with a bunch of people that are, you know, kind of stars in their minds yeah. as well. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it, I, I love that part of it. What kind of mindset Kelly, do you have to have, you move to New York and you're going to pursue acting. Are you going to become what you've become? Uh, uh, you know, a guy who's got a starring role on, you know, a terrific show right now and, you know, kind of, or were you just trying to pay the rent? It's interesting. The, uh, the, that question folds in with something I was going to say about our, what we were just talking about, uh, about being on a team. I, um, I, to me, the most important part of acting is the ensemble. I love being a part of an ensemble. Uh, the only acting award I've ever won was a drama desk award for, um, uh, a play I was doing. It was outstanding ensemble. Um, and I don't, I, I never, I wanted to make a living acting. Um, I didn't care about stardom. I didn't care about being rich. <clears throat> I uh, wouldn't mind if any of those things happened, but I wasn't expecting them. And, I'm, and I'm, I certainly wasn't looking for them. Um, but I wanted to be part of, I wanted the, the, the juice that I got from being a part of, of, of a team, of an ensemble. And so even when I was doing tiny little plays in New York, I would get that. 
and um, as long as the play wasn't god awful. Uh, and it just kind of grew. I, I started making friends I, uh, that, that stuck and who, some of them directors who would then move on to bigger things. And then they would be like, Hey, let's get Kelly in here. Um, that's sort of, I was the tortoise and my, my mantra recently has become, you know, embrace the tortoise. It, it can work. Do it, do something. If you're going to get involved in this to get rich and famous, you're going to 99% you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to do the work that that is required to actually become good at this. Um, you got to do it for the love of, of acting. And, um, and I, I, I'm lucky I had cheap rent when I moved to New York because, because <laughs> it was a long time before I got paid. It was, I was in my thirties yeah. before I was getting paid consistently. And um, a lot of people started dropping out, which probably worked to my favor. There was a guy at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival years ago, uh, Sandy McCollum, um, great actor. He was just, he was pushing 80, um, had been at the festival for, you know, 30 years or something. And he was like, you're good. You're good, O'Coin. He called me O'Coin of the Realm. Um, it was like, you're good, O'Coin of the Realm, but you may not work for a while and it's okay. <laughs> Stick it out because I didn't work until I was about, I didn't really work till I was like 50. And then I started working a little bit because people started dropping out. And then when you turn 60, it's great because people start dying. And then you're going to work like gangbusters. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to wait till then. But uh, but it's an interesting thing. People start falling off. I swear it, you're, the story sounds so much to Josh as, you know, who Josh didn't tell his family. You didn't tell your parents you had started acting and right. dropped out of school. Right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, they... Yes, they quickly figured out I dropped out of school. <laughs> it's hard to, to, to fake <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, 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 it is. But yeah, but I was so lucky, too, because my parents were obviously concerned. They're like, what? Yeah. But they supported me the entire, entire way, which you, well, what you said is so. Yeah. Yeah, and I what, like what you said, too. You've got to. I remember my friend. I don't remember this, but my friend, Obi, Brad Stevenson, he said, he tells a story of when I first was in New York and he came up and he said, so how long are you going to, going to give it? Yeah. You know, this, this thing. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he goes, how long till, you know, I was like forever until I, and that's, and that's the attitude you have to have. I know you have that people always, you know, ask me to talk to their kids or their, you know, nephews coming in. And it's always the worst when they're like, yeah, I just really want to be an actor or a model or something. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, do anything else. You have to be 100 percent. Yeah. You, you guys yeah. talk, you were talking about, you know, being on a team and an ensemble and my, one of my favorite sports kind of things. I was uh, I was actually fresh out of rehab eight, nine, seven, eight years ago. And I was in Houston with John Lucas. And I know, you know, John Lucas, uh, Kelly, long time. He was the number one pick in the draft in the early 70s. He's he was player. in in and out of the league uh, for coke and drinking and and through his whole career. He also was a two time NCAA tennis champ while at while at Maryland, he played in Wimbledon. He could beat everyone except like Borg, McEnroe, uh, the top wow. five or six guys. And I asked him one day, we're driving from like one meeting to another meeting. And I said, Luke, why did you, you know, why did you decide to play basketball and not tennis? He said, 
or I said, why couldn't you beat those guys? And he said, well, I only played tennis like three months out of the year. Those guys just hit way more balls than I did. And he, but then he said, plus I realized I like, I liked saying we lost better than I lost. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I like that. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. pretty good. You rise good. together and you, you crash mm. together. That's, that's, that's right. great. Wow. Uh, tell me, I, I, I'm dying to know, where does this love, uh, I, I know you're from Oregon, so natural to, to like the, your hometown team, but where does this love of the, of the Blazers and the NBA, like, why do you, why is that your jam? Um, <clears throat> NBA probably because growing up in Oregon, um, it was the only professional sport. Uh, and I did not adopt the Seahawks, you know, maybe nowadays with the internet and um, devices everywhere, mm -hmm. I, I would have followed another regional team, but it just wasn't, it wasn't in the cards back in the seventies. Um, in terms of the Blazers, um, that was just, my dad and I bonded over basketball. Um, none of the, uh, early on anyway, none of this, the college teams were any good, although the Beavers actually uh, with Ralph Miller became uh, something in the late seventies. Um, it's just my dad and I would go to games. Um, uh, I remember watching LaRue Martin play. I've told this story yeah. before too, like number one draft, one of the, one of the first of the problematic center choices that the Portland Trailblazers have experienced over the years. Uh, and I remember watching this, this screen, watching this game, my dad was watching uh, over his shoulder, uh, and this guy was just wreaking havoc on the court. And um, I was like, wow, that guy's really good, right? And he's like, yeah, it's like the only good game he's ever played, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, LaRue, apparently he's the nicest yes. guy in the world, but- uh, He is, and, and there'll be no Sam Bowie slander on this pod with not Josh at all. and I on here. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy made that guy made an all-star team, right? Yes, he so, did. Or all-rookie team. All, um, and he so, was a good, really good player. Really he was a really good, good player. player. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. I just wish we'd won the coin flip. When I look back at that draft, <laughs> oh, I lament yeah. the coin flip because we would have had Drexler and Elijah Wan together again. Which can you imagine? That yeah, that, can you imagine? Can you imagine those guys in their prime? They were a problem late in their they careers. Were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, hey, also, but I was just going to say, when I moved to D.C., um, I was nine years old and it was like small, it was a small town, Oregon to a big city uh, and the Blazers won the championship. And that first year, and I was just like, that's Oregon telling me the Blazers are saying wow. it's going to be okay, kid, you know? And then the Bullets won your future team, right, Rex. Right. The Bullets won the next year, which was my adopted East coast team. And so I was like, this is great. This is what happens. You like a team and they win championships. Fuck, this is going to be great. And neither of them have won since. You know, that's so crazy because like Josh and I, I'm, we're all about the same age. I think you and I, Kelly, are exactly the same age, 55. 32. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, we didn't have professional basketball in Kentucky. Wes Unseld played for the Bullets. He's a Louisville guy. My dad played on the Kentucky All-Stars with Wes. I don't even remember really those championship teams. I don't remember Bill Walton really playing until he was with the Celtics. Interesting. Like I, I it's just uh it's weird. You grew up in yeah. a place where you could go see NBA games. Yeah. And we just didn't have that ability in Kentucky. So you didn't see the Dandridge uh Bobby Dandridge uh bullets, uh Wes Unseld, Elvin Hayes, Bobby Dandridge guys. Oh. No. No, I mean, I saw him later on yeah, film yeah, yeah. and whatnot, but no, I just don't remember that. 
uh, how how formative was that for you with, uh, you know, just gosh, Bill Walton, Maurice Lucas, Lionel Hollins. These are guys that, you know, that I got to know and play and actually play some against later yeah. on. But how was it as a kid watching those guys? It was it was amazing. I, I mean, I, so I grew up um, worshiping a type of basketball that wasn't really being played as much during that that era, you know, moving the ball around, mm -hmm. cutting constant motion um, and even the bullets the next year. That was very much a plotting team. ISO and um, still great at that. But uh, but watching this kind of it's that informed what I love to see uh, in uh, in uh, basketball these days. And that's one of the reasons I love what the trailblazers are doing this year. Um, not to bring it back to the trailblazers, uh, but please do. They are dogs and it's messy right now. Uh, a lot of turnovers and everything, but it's a whole bunch of new faces and they're running, running as, as good as the blazers have been during the Lillard era at times, never quite gotten past that hump partially maybe because they just, they didn't have this kind of energy. Um, and they're just, I just love seeing the unselfishness. Uh, and that actually also, I think informs what I love about acting. You know, it's the type of basketball I wanted to play, although I never had those skills. It's what I wanted to bring to whatever I was going to do. And I was determined that I, that thing was going to be acting, um, unselfishness and, uh, uh, you know, you, if one of us rises, we all rise. What rising waters raise all boats, whatever the phrase is. I, I think I think about how lucky we are right now. And we've had one of these people on the show. I'm hopeful we'll have the other person on the show. But to be able to watch Stephen Curry mm -hmm. and Damian Lillard right now, you know, right. maybe not. I don't know. Dame's probably in his prime. Steph is, you know, he's still pretty damn good yeah. but these are these are two guys who we're able to watch right now who are socially conscious they almost always say and do the right things they're both selfless stars they they give love to whoever else how lucky are we right now to be watching a guy like dame lillard steph gets his love all the time uh dame maybe doesn't quite as much where do you stand on dame lillard yeah, Dame, I, I, um, I'm constantly berating my castmates on Billions, uh, the ones who follow hold basketball. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Dollar Dame? Dollar, Dollar Dame, Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar, Dame, Dame Dollar, Dollar, Dollar Bill. Bill. This is all Dame coming Dollar. together. It's all coming together. No, By got... the way, welcome Damian Lillard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's your next guest. I have I got some Dame Dollar swag. I got a uh, a T-shirt with the D with the you know and a hat that oh. says Dollar that I've um, I, I've worn it to table reads and people are looking at me like those who don't know basketball are looking mm. at me like did you make that for yourself? Yeah. I was going to say you got all this cool stuff that you can't wear. I know, I yeah. know, uh, and I didn't bring it to L.A. Otherwise, I would have worn it on the show. But um, uh, I I think Dame is one of the most underrated superstars out there. And um, there, there are people I was last season, I just, there was a younger member of the cast who was just like, yeah, I, I think, I think Luka Doncic is like the most clutch guy or you know, a couple other people. And then these guys, and I was like, Damian Lillard is literally the most clutch NBA player. And he's like, well, other than that one shot he hit. And I was like, wait, 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 what? You know, what are you talking about? You get out now. Um, and uh, and there was a PA, a great guy, um, a production assistant on the show, who um, I, it was a season when I think two, three seasons ago when um, Dame was in the MVP for, for a while, the MVP discussion. 
And I said, so he was listing the people he thought were, were, um, uh, contenders. And I was just like, well, you got to put Lillard in the discussion. And he just did this literally did that. And Mm. I, 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 to my discredit, I got, I got, I literally got pissed. Isn't that amazing? And then I was like, okay, okay, wait, sorry, sorry, Matt. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, But, but come on, you gotta, and people don't see enough Blazer games. I historically haven't seen enough to know how good he is. But this Um, is the type of year, like their start, obviously they, they have to keep doing this, but this is the type of year where he should be in that conversation legitimately. If his team, if he takes this team and can keep them at the top of the West all season, near the top of the West, that's, you know, he's going to be having that kind of year. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because he's, he's taking a step back. Um, Mm -hmm. He's, I think there were three games where he's passed off. Um, twice at the buzzer, uh, and then once later, uh, two other players to take the last second shot. And the most recent one was Josh Hart against Miami. Um, nice. And he just, it's just, he's trusting them and he's mm-hmm. empowering them. He's create, he's helping to create this culture where he doesn't always have to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably, so he's probably going to score. His average is going to be a little bit mm-hmm. lower. Uh, his minutes are probably going to be a little bit lower, which is great. Um, he's already got a calf strain. Um, but that in and of itself is leadership. And that in yeah. and of itself makes him valuable, as valuable uh, as anybody else in the league. So Yeah, well, like like it's to put it in our terms, an unselfish actor. Yep. Like you played with a superstar, you know, in a movie or whatever, and you're doing your thing. And then they send their stand in for your side. I was just going to tell I was going to ask if you'd experienced that. Yeah, this. I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. that sucks. Uh, but, oh, that but, sucks. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, uh. But but it's like that. It's like, no, I'm yeah. always going to shoot the shot. And it's like, well, then why do I give a fuck? Right. Right. And why you would know? I even try it on the, mm-hmm. on the off the 1% chance you might pass mm-hmm. it off? There wow. was a, and we could, we could definitely name athletes like that who would, sure. who would order a stand in to come in. For mm-hmm. the you know for the bullshit yeah right I got I got to make a um, I got to just I totally lied right there I don't know why I just felt pressure and I was like yeah yeah I've had a guy do that I've never had a guy do that <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the old have you read that book and I'm like yeah 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 oh, yeah, yeah that's a great book what was your favorite part um, uh, the, you know the part that I read. Uh, what was your favorite uh, verse of the Bible? Yeah, in the Bible. Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump. Well, I like all, all of them. I like all. That's uh, a personal that's, thing. That's personal. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. my, my um, second favorite book is The Art of the Deal. Oh, that's very good. That's <laughs> well, very good. <laughs> I had, so I, um, there, there was an actor that I worked with six years apart, guest starring on two different shows. And um, both times in the big scenes I had with, with her, with them, she uh, I uh, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're really uh, safe now, though. With that, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, um, they didn't stick around. And one time, even the producers came. One of the executive producers, uh, or I don't remember what who it was, but came up and was like, "I'm really sorry, uh, but you mind doing it with the script person?" Um, and that particular time, I was so it, Anthony Lapaglia. And the script person, and I was doing scenes with the two, I was with the two of them, and he finally was Lapaglia. To his credit, um, was like, he can't do it. No, come here. And he did. He did her lines too. 
for me. And that wow. was great. So it wasn't exactly what it, what the, the scene was, but at least I had wow. an actor working and giving me something. And, you know, this guy's big. At that time, he was he was a um, big TV star. He just started, started on Broadway a number of times. And um, I always respect the, the people who do stick around. On Billions, wow. they all do. Damian Lillard is, I mean, <laughs> my other Damian, <laughs> Damian Lewis, <laughs> uh, is as alpha as Bobby Axelrod in his own way, but he's, but wow. chill, you know, he's not a, he's not a sociopath. Um, uh, but he is also like one of the best ensemble members you could have. And he always sticks around, um, does the reverses. Uh, yeah, that's great to hear. That's the tone. Yeah. He's a great guy. All of them. That's amazing. Uh, tell, tell me uh, more about the Sterling affairs, please. I'm not allowed to say much. All right. But um, so but you know the uh, ending, the, well, you know, the ending <laughs> and the podcast exists. Uh, I highly recommend yeah. everybody check out the podcast. Ramona Shelburne, 30 for 30, called the Sterling Affairs. It's great. Great reporting. Um, it's 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 good. I, <laughs> the scripts are really good. It doesn't you know, it, it doesn't deviate from the story. Um, uh, what at the first table read. um I was zooming in. They were here in LA. I was still in Brooklyn. Uh, I was just in awe of the talent. Um, everybody's, everybody's great. It's going to, you're, you're, you're going to like it. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. Who's uh? go ahead. I was just going to say, but that reminds me now about, uh, of uh, winning time. Did you guys watch and like winning time? Yes. And I loved it. And I was, I was curious. I, I'm not 100% sure why Jerry West, everyone was running to Jerry West's defense and he was so, so pissed because to me, that was one of the most sympathetic characters in the entire show. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. It Agreed. was just like, I really want to win, you know, and, and maybe uh, portrayed as not the most socially grace, graceful person, but no, right. I didn't see anything particularly negative about it. Did you, right. Did well, I think that in the beginning, he, he everyone just thought it was he was because the first the pilot and all you don't yeah. get the that he was just a cocksucker. You know, he was just such a dick in the pilot right. and stuff. And and it, it, the character, the art grew to where it was, right. you know, a sympathetic character. So I think at first, they were like, what the fuck? So you maybe know? the narrative was set. People thought this was what the narrative was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Well, I, I think so. No, I loved it. You know, and I, you know, shoot, I was, I, I guess I played against a few of those teams and, you know, can remember going out after the game, being a limo to go to the playboy mansion and wow. all the players, all the whatever's were there. And it, it just, uh, to what they did such a great job of casting right and well, this, the casting the set, the sets, the, i mean it's just it's it's it was just beautiful to watch and uh yeah i couldn't get enough i'm with that's you that's amazing yeah well, i just hey. you know i just like basketball i'll, I'll buy a team <laughs> <laughs> damn you're good uh, <laughs> this is i'm impressed oh yeah this podcast is brought to you by branded bills the best place online for premium headwear and apparel Branded Bills has hundreds of designs available, including our popular state collection, where you can show your pride with hats, shirts, hoodies, and more for all 50 states. Are you a company looking to brand your business? Branded Bills also offers custom apparel options that can meet your brand standards with fast turnaround and shipping. To shop or learn more, visit brandedbills.com today. All-time starting five blazers. 
Oh, five man. only. Okay. Wow. Five only. This is so hard. And uh-huh. I know on the spot, I always, I, I know I'm going to leave someone out. I'm going to, when this airs, I'm going to um, tweet a bunch of caveats. Um, okay. So I'm going to go. Oh, I hate to leave Terry Porter off the list because Terry may be my absolute 100% favorite Blazer ever. Um, but he also might be your sixth favorite, apparently. Well, favorite <laughs> versus team construction. Okay. <laughs> I think you got. I think. I think the, the backcourt's uh, uh, got to be Dame and Drexler, Dame and Clyde. Yeah, that's yeah. so um, dirty. Um, I do think. I would go Walton. And a lot of people say Walton couldn't handle the, uh, the the modern game, but he he played with the 85 Celtics. Like, come on. He's he and he did well. Right. I mean, yes, yeah. longevity, as someone has said, longevity aside, he may have been <laughs> the best center ever. But right. it's kind of hard to put longevity aside. So that and then Sabonis, if he had come Oof. over when he was okay. drafted. Oh, okay. Jesus. Oh, um, yeah. but so I'll go Walton. God. Uh-huh. And Walton. Um, so uh, uh Dame Clyde, Bill Walton. Um fuck. Um <laughs> when all is said and done, I may go Jeremy Grant because he's playing so well, but I gotta say Lamarcus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just and can't believe how much you hate Brandon Roy. Uh, I, I love it. everyone. Heard it here. No, everyone yeah, heard it yeah, here. Everyone. And let's love bring Brandon. him on. Brandon, Brandon hates Brandon love, Roy. Love, That's always love, been the rumor out there. But love Brandon. Confirmed Actually, here. Like it, things things shift for me all the time. I was interviewed, asked about who's my Mount Rushmore, which only gave me four, and I had Brandon on it at one point. Um, uh, I oh no, I could talk a whole podcast about how much how tragic that is and how much I love me that too. guy. Um, and then the last one would be you got to have a blue guy like Jerome Kersey. Oh, I love that you oh, said yeah. Jerome Kersey. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Rest in peace, Jerome yes. Kersey. Yeah. Unbelievable. Also, rest in peace, a uh, former teammate of mine, Mo Lucas, but yeah. uh, Kevin Duckworth. Yes. I played with. Oh, and uh, what yeah. a gentle teddy bear of a human being. Just a fantastic guy. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, he's the type of guy you want to you wanna believe yep. that about. Who, where'd, you, where'd you play with him? Uh, in Washington with the bullets. Oh, we had of course. those those great bullets teams, you know, you remember. Yeah, I'm from right. the early 90s. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kelly, favorite movie. Got one? <laughs> uh for the longest time it was Casablanca. Um, I like old movies. Um, I'm gonna say the, the movie I actually could never tire of watching another old movie is called is The Thin Man. Um uh, Myrna Loy and William Powell. Uh, that's probably why I love martinis as much as I do, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, yeah, no, I'm going to go with that because right. there are too many great modern ones. What about you guys? Favorite movies? Oh, man. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I do know mine. Yeah. Arthur. I never asked you. Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw Arthur. that. I saw that like Do yourself a favor. Watch it again. Yeah. I watched it here just because I live in New York now and wanted to watch it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Amazing. And I laugh my ass off every time. It's just a great story. His great physical, story. physical comedy is incredible on in that one. When yeah. he's set, <laughs> I remember he sets the, the glass on the car, on the dashboard or whatever it is on the, on the hood. And then he's like, keeps coming back. Like it doesn't, 
That's right. That's great. Do you sell a favor? Watch it again. Rewatch yeah. it. Josh, what's really yours, Josh? Uh, mine's Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, that, good. That's my favorite piece of art in the yeah. world. That's that just, I keep going back to it and it always makes me happy and sad. And uh, I watch it pro- yeah. at least once every two years. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't watch that final sequence without yeah. tearing yeah. up. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. And how right. amazing to watch all these actors that were pretty young at the time and knew mm-hmm. all these actors who became really huge character guys um, later on. Uh, yeah. Really doing amazing work. Danny amazing. DeVito. Yeah. Oh, so good. And the whole movie. Christopher Lloyd. Like Christopher Danny Lloyd. DeVito and the whole movie's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a, yeah. I want a cigarette. No, that's, that's, I want, I want a cigarette. And none of it felt showy. It all felt no. so specific. Uh-uh. And so, but they went there, you know, and, it's, it, you know, they find, all got together and lived there for like a week or whatever before Jack even came in. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. that's great. Actually, I didn't know that part. It's great wow. not to have the 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 alpha there, maybe. Yeah. That's yeah start their thing. It always makes me wonder, too. Like, so, so early on, Danny DeVito showed these amazing acting chops. And I don't remember him ever getting a chance to do that again. And maybe because Taxi happened not so long afterwards, within five mm-hmm. years or so. Um, and then he was like, oh, this is my moneymaker. Uh, and he's great mm-hmm. at that. That's not a sellout yeah. thing. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. but, but you know, he had chops. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. No question. Yeah. I saw a taxi, uh, just passing by it the other day, just stopped. And it was so like, good. He was, it was so good. And he yeah. was amazing. You know, yeah. I was a kid Riga. and I couldn't realize that he was great. I was like, yeah. that's just him. That's just him. And yeah. He has to see this an adult look back and see how great he was in that role perfect yeah and how cool that he and christopher lloyd got to work together again yeah you know, yeah after that movie Amazing. josh i have a question what is, what brought what shifted you from sports into um uh into acting what was the thing that that made you um want to join the kids that you beat up so often early on in i was uh, uh better looking than i was athletic so it was a natural. No, I, I, I always wanted, I said as a kid, for some reason, I wanted to be an actor. I always loved it. I loved movies. I, um, you know, I did the plays in junior high and I wasn't the beat up the kids. It, you know, I, I loved it. Yeah. I um, just didn't really get a chance. And it's not like, uh, I don't know, when I went off to, to school, I enrolled in the uh acting program you know and mm-hmm. later transferred out to radio tv and film you know just but i was that's where I, my goal was i just uh i went to auburn university and at some point i became very depressed because i'm like i'm not doing anything here that i want to do i'm just on a treadmill i i so i i had to quit and i went to theater stuff and moved to new york much much like yourself yeah. and just had to do it yeah amazing you know amazing. yeah uh, okay. Go ahead, uh, front, front row center to watch any performer, speaker, athlete, dead or alive. Front row center. I would love to watch some of those old, old um, Shakespeare actors from like the 1800s. I'd love to see how the <laughs> those theater actors how those styles have changed i'd love to see like sandra bernhardt and uh sarah bernhardt and 
Uh, Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra. Bernhardt. She's still a, she's been around a long yeah. time, and she doesn't do a lot of Shakespeare either, yeah, as far as I know. But she's aged really well, don't you think? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sarah Bernhardt, uh, Duza, Elena Duza, um, uh, Garrick, and um, all those. I, it just would be that would be fascinating because I love theater. Theater is still my first love, um, and I I'm fascinated by how the styles have changed. Um, the presentational style versus what we have now that sort of uh, that was ushered in in the uh, you know the Meisner technique and um, all that right and um, Stanislavski so I, that's what I would probably want to do that's great we haven't had anything that's two questions we ask at the end every time and, and we haven't had it those are yeah nice. yeah <laughs> both <laughs> never never been done um, uh, before we go just going to throw a couple yeah. actor names out and they're basketball comps. Okay. okay. All right. Marlon Brando. You too, Rex. You're in on this too, Rex. Me too. Uh, yeah. Well, I go right to, you know, guys who were amazing and then kind of uh, uh, ate their way out of the league. So uh, <laughs> Hot Plate Williams, I don't know. Uh, Oliver Miller. Uh, I was going to, that was going to say Oliver Miller. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, so I would go, but he's also, yeah, I won't. Yeah. Oliver Miller. Wow. I, get, what, I mean, what, he's known as about, like the greatest film right, actor what, possibly ever changed but, the game. Well, well what about Miller, Shaq? Miller was talked about uh, by people like Shaq. They were like, they, some of them, some of these guys were angry at, at him for letting himself go because he was considered so brilliant in college. Right. That's right. my memory. Um, yeah. and you're, you're, I, I get that, but you guys are going too much fat and not brilliant. I mean, okay. he was, he was very Jordan-esque. And he changed Sean, the game Sean and, and Sean he was Kemp. a dick to everyone. Sean, Sean Kemp. I don't cool. know if Kemp was a dick, but Sean no, Kemp by the yeah, time right. he got to the Blazers. Daniel okay. Day-Lewis. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, I think I have a Swiss army knife. Really. Yeah. Just, uh, um, uh, 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 fuck. <laughs> Grand Hill. Grand well Hill. done. Okay. Well done. All I right. don't know. I don't even know that I can do that. Scotty Pippen. I was thinking, uh, and hear me out for a second, just Kobe, because the weird freak dedication like people are like that guy. Yeah. I can't even, you know, he's crazy. He's a, yeah. you know, it could um, be Jordan too, but I'm saving yeah. Jordan because yeah. it might be something might be. Appropriate. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me see. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, wow. Uh, Rick Fox. Ah, <laughs> uh, Steph. Steph. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Well mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Okay. The, the modern day. Yeah. Okay. What about Jack Nicholson? Mm. Mm. Oh, boy, that's a that. good one. That's a good one. A guy who has the ability to do anything, but he also has this really uh, very, very specific kind of like smug kind of like, you know, like he, he, he enjoys misbehaving. Like mm -hmm. Isaiah yeah. Thomas. Isaiah? Isaiah Thomas, uh, Barkley, Barkley, kind of the Barkley. kind of guy that can say anything and no yeah. one gives, you know, oh. Jack had that. Oh. He That's does it. whatever. And they're like, it's just Jack. Barkley. 
Yeah, you know? I, was, I was gonna say Rodman for a second, but I think that's not. I think Barkley. Yeah, more so. Rodman. I like that. Okay, yeah. then we'll, we'll we'll finish it up here. Um, Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, oh wow, that's that's God. Really oh. earnest. Yeah. Um, this is tough yeah super he's our our movie star of kind of Kyrie Kyrie yeah he put definitely put people off for a while yeah you could see Kyrie jumping on uh, couches I'm sure Uh, (laughs) uh, Kyrie's not bad he's an artist he's an artist he more than a basketball player he's not you know Kyrie's that dude might be the greatest skilled player of all time. He's I just know, but but Cruz is more for. of a movie He's star. He's just tough to root for. Cruz is a movie star, and every once in a while does stuff like Magnolia or or so he's uh, brilliant actor. Thunder. Yeah. He's brilliant. Kind of how he's but, known, right? Right. It, but so that's the interesting thing. His his you know seventy five percent of it is movie franchises, and then every once in a while he reminds people he can do this other stuff. Is he so. known as a good teammate? And maybe we can't even go there for you guys business purposes but i don't know i I don't actually know anyone who's worked with him um okay uh i know that 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 tape when he was berating uh oh yeah came out but that actually seemed like it was for uh a solid yeah right in that way maybe a good leader too who um yeah that's the thing give a fuck if he's liked uh right jordan Jordan. yeah there you go there you go (laughs) yeah for that you found it yeah Yeah. there you go yeah kelly can't thank you enough, buddy. Uh, when you get back to Brooklyn, let's grab a beer. Uh, yeah. Maybe hit a play. Let's go. To yeah, a play. let's hit a play, and then uh, I'm back before the playoffs. So let's uh, let's go. Let's walk our what let's 15 minutes to go to yeah. Barclays Center. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Kelly. The thanks real so pleasure, much, man. Buddy. Thank you. Really fun. Thanks, guys. Josh. Man, I love Kelly O'Coin. How was he that? Knows, he knows his ball. He, he knows, knows his, his hoops, ball. Like he knows his. He government. really knows it. He might know, he knows, uh, you said it right, he knows basketball better than we do from a certain age, like, you know, like in the mid 70s. Yeah, him, him talking about the, him talking about, you know, when the, the Blazers won it, I don't remember that. I, I mean, yes, yeah. I know historically Bill Walton was on the team. I don't remember. Wes Unseld and them, those guys winning it. We lived in Kentucky, bro. We Wes didn't Unseld get... played for the Knicks, as far as I'm all concerned, ever, <laughs> forever. You know. I mean, so uh, yeah, but that, what a what a fa- fascinating guy. And then you guys both having fathers in politics. Mind that was blowing. weird. That was crazy. Mind they served together. You know, that's uh, yeah, that that was fun. Crazy, that was a lot of fun. I love that uh, guy. Same. Uh, all right. Well, that was Kelly O'Coin. You want to do this next week, buddy? I sure would. Let's do it. We'll be right back here next week with another episode of the Rex Chapman Show with super dope Josh Hopkins, powered by basketballnews.com. <laughs>